the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Politics stuff. We're going to do a little lifestyle stuff. Lauren Conlon down the road today. Um, we're going to have a little Hank Shankoff talking about uh, the state of politics in the state of New York. But I mean, uh, the big story, I guess, I don't know how big it is, depending on who you are, is uh, Mayor de Blasio has pulled out of the race for Congress. So we'll talk about that in, uh, in a little while, I think, in the next segment with Hank. Um, kind of a big deal because he obviously had a, it's going to be a really low turnout. He had the most name recognition. He had like a half a million dollars in the bank, which is a considerable amount of money. Uh, I think he only spent 60 of it. That's what they're reporting. Um, in terms of the, in terms of the courtroom, um, they are, uh, dismissing or they did dismiss the charges against Jose Alba, the store owner who was charged with murder, even though he was acting, well, he was acting in self-defense. Um, they found that they couldn't prove uh, his case, the case against him beyond a reasonable doubt. You know, I'd like to discuss that in a minute because, you know, again, I, I wear two hats and I try to be objective and I saw the video and I know what people feel about it. But I, I didn't analyze the video the way a prosecutor's office could. He stabbed the individual, the deceased, five times. Not once, five times. And um, it's interesting. I wonder if there wasn't such a public outcry from the mayor on down whether the decision would be the same. Um, the deceased was not. Um, the deceased was not armed. Yes, he was younger and bigger. But, you know, usually stab someone once and they they calm down. But look, I think uh, I think everyone's happy with this decision. It's what I ask for in every case. And the key one of the cases I was on today um, is consistency. Everyone is supposed to be treated equal regarding whether it's the, your socioeconomic status, whether it's your gender, whether it's your race. You, there's supposed to be a level of consistency that's why in the federal court they have the the um the guidelines so that everyone who's charged with the same crime whether you're in new york or california or any state in the middle these are advisory guidelines that so the judges can still do what they'd like 
but there are guidelines so that if you're charged in the same with the same crime in New York, you shouldn't be sentenced differently than if you're charged with the same crime in California. Well, you could say that for the five boroughs. Now, there are no guidelines for all five boroughs. There's just a general sentencing range, which on certain crimes go for as little as uh, five years to 25 years. And a judge picks any number between five and 25. Um, so I was just involved with the case in Brooklyn where there was a dispute that went on and an individual stabbed the deceased who was unarmed one time, one time. And um, he said he was acting in self-defense because there was gunshots that went off and this individual ran towards him. And uh, that district attorney's office said, no, you know, we're not going with the whole self-defense thing. And and, uh, the offer on the case was 15 years here. There is some difference because, you know, this is a store. uh, I don't think he was the owner, but maybe he's the manager and he's he was behind the counter and someone really came into her personal space. But Alvin Bragg, the district attorney in Manhattan, uh, definitely heard it loud. They heard the cries out loud and clear. Now, of course, the deceased family, they're voicing uh, their, uh, the, the fact that they're not happy. And they're actually putting the blame on Mayor Adams for uh, voicing his opinion on a criminal case, which is not really what the mayor is supposed to do. He's supposed to kind of let the, the DA's office do their thing and, and really stay out of it unless he has a real personal stake. Um, but it was a big deal. I was in, I was at that courthouse today. There was a bunch of media coverage on that case as well as there was media coverage on the case that I was on today. Um, but something that just came across, uh, the, the, my airwaves, and this is going to be upsetting for certain people, for many people who actually know this. My dad knows this judge very well. Um, my father represented Jennifer Lopez, um, in the Puffy Combs case, when he was charged, I'm pretty sure Judge Charles Solomon, they call him Charlie Solomon, was the judge who presided over that case, as well as many other cases. And, and he was, I believe, a former Manhattan assistant district attorney, and then he was on the bench for many years, and a very well-known judge. Um, total tragedy struck him today. I mean, almost like a worst-case scenario. His 26-year-old son, named Douglas... Um, went into their apartment on the Upper East Side and um, beat his own mother, so Judge Solomon's wife, until she died. He fatally bludgeoned her using a piece of furniture. And then, so now Judge Solomon has lost his wife, and then the 26-year-old son apparently took off all his clothes or was already took off all of his clothes, and he jumped out the window. Um, I think it was 16 floors to his death. You know, if you want to write a a, a movie or a novel or whatever about, you know, a parent or, or, or any human being's worst nightmare, uh, I think Judge Solomon's in his mid-70s. Um, his wife, <clears throat> Diane Gallagher, is 65. She was found in the apartment bedroom with head trauma. Um but basically by a piece of furniture, they're saying. And the young man, the 26-year-old, jumped out the window to his death. Uh, apparently, witnesses said screaming on, on his way down. Uh, it's a big, long story in the newspaper. It's um, <clears throat> shocking. Uh, you know, I, I've appeared before Char- Charlie Solomon, Judge Solomon. 
Uh, he was a he is a very big fan of my wife Marianne. If anytime we needed something from Judge Solomon, uh, a little uh, a discretion leaning in our direction, I would send Marianne to appear before him. Um, he was a very tough judge. Um, he retired in 2017. I believe he had a, a, an issue with cancer that he survived, um, but. You know, this goes back to what's going on on our streets right now with mental illness. I mean, obviously, you know, somebody asked me a little while ago in the office here, like, oh, did his son have mental illness? Like, of course he had mental illness. And they meant like, well, does he have a history, like a documented history? Um, And obviously, I don't know the answer to that question. And that's not in the article. But, you know, to, to beat your mother to death, to take off all your clothes and jump out the window to your death. Yeah. I mean, if that's not the definition of mental illness... Uh, I don't know what is. And I was in court today uh, on a case, and it was it's all about a young woman who, um, and this is not a media case, it not, would not be a case that you would know about, um, who does have mental illness. <clears throat> and, um, you know, she, she had something to do with an interaction with her and her ex-boyfriend. And I'm arguing to the judge, like, look, Your Honor, she has documented case of mental illness like what are we gonna do she's gonna throw there's no violence involved here it's a stalking claim that she's been following around her ex-boyfriend um what are we gonna do like we're gonna throw her in jail like what is what what is that gonna do okay so she's in jail for six months and she gets a six-month split which means you do four months in jail and then you do five years of probation really four months at rikers island is really going to address mental illness uh all that's going to happen, and I'm not saying this with this particular client of I'm speaking with, but you just throw them into Rikers Island. Look, we had Benny Basio on yesterday. They're not there to, to do mental illness evaluation and treatment. Uh, if you go upstate New York, if you get sentenced to prison time, yes, yes, there are facilities there that deal with that. There are facilities in uh, the, federal cor- uh, the federal prisons that deal with that. But all you're doing is just delaying the inevitable if you just put someone who's mentally ill in jail for three three months, four months, and then they just come back out again, we yeah, we gotta we have to do better than that. I mean, we do. We have to do better than that. We're spending billions of dollars, sending those billions of dollars all over the world. And I'm not minimizing our role in the world and our role in world peace, but there are there are issues right here at home. And you know, Eric Adams said he was going to tighten and bolt the belt on city agencies and, and find more money. Um, you know, we definitely need, and we had the, uh, the doctor, Dr. Carroll on yesterday talking about men- mental illness and the need to treat mental illness. Um, judge Solomon's son clearly was mentally ill clearly. And here's a judge, a sophisticated individual, sophisticated couple, and they couldn't figure it out. And, and they've now paid the ultimate price with the death of a mother and the death of a son, an overall tragedy. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Hank Shankoff about what happened with Mayor de Blasio. He's not going to be Congressman de Blasio. We'll be right back. So we got to talk about Connors and Sullivan, because as you know, there's a tragedy all around us that can happen at any moment, at the last moment, at the, the when you, you don't see that it's happening. And obviously the story we just spoke about, uh, you know, epitomizes how sudden things could happen and how unexpectedly things could happen. 
So uh, you need to be prepared. It's that simple. There's no, there's no tricks. There's nothing up this sleeve or that sleeve. The bottom, bottom line is you need to go speak to the guys and the girls at Connors and Sullivan. Um, they will help plan your estate. They will help plan for what would happen if you're not here. They will help put a healthcare proxy together, a power of attorney together, a will, a living will. You need to do all of that stuff now while everything is okay because I'm sure people woke up this morning and thought everything was fine in their household and now they've, they're looking down, the, they're just facing tragedy. They're, they must be suffering on a level that I would never want to imagine. So call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They've been doing this for 40 years. They will make sure all of your affairs are in order, quote unquote. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. You'll designate where you want your property or anything else you leave behind upon your death, where it goes, who it goes to, how it goes to them, when it goes to them. So just call Connors and Sullivan for a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Hi, Kevin McCullough. If you're feeling run down and don't have the energy that you used to, it's very likely you're not pumping your system with the right nutrition. You're not getting enough fruits. You're not getting enough veggies. Remember, the best defense against any virus is your own immune system. Balance of Nature is not like ordinary vitamins that are made with synthetics. They are just natural food in a vegetarian capsule, and they have tens of thousands of vital nutrients from 100% whole food plants, fruits, and veggies. If you forget to take your dose one day, double up the next day. It's as simple as that, and you can't overdose on fruits and veggies. The Daily Dose of Balance of Nature capsules, by the way, has 10 servings of 31 different fruits and vegetables, Balance of Nature is offering right now free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order of fruits and veggies. So start your journey to a stronger immune system and overall better health today by calling 800-246-8751. That's 800-246-8751 or by going to balanceofnature.com and use discount code THEANSWER. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with a flexible of third row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck, getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk harder than a match here. It is summer and it, we are in the city and it, 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 it's not cooling down. If you take a peek at the, uh, the forecast, it's, uh, it's going to be a little warm here in the city of New York. And I guess if you're uh, a politician who's doing hand-to-hand combat on the streets, uh, ringing doorbells and standing outside subway systems, 
uh, greeting potential voters, well, then this isn't the greatest weather for you. But I don't think that's why Mayor Bill de Blasio dropped out of the congressional race. Uh, I think it has something to do with the polling. But don't don't listen to me. Let's listen to a man who's been in this business since, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Muffin was a kitten or something like that. Um, let's talk to Hank Shenkov. Hey, Hank, it's Arthur Idala. How are you, sir? It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood, Arthur. Thank you. God bless Mr. Rogers. So let's talk about Mayor de Blasio. I mean, it's a crowded race. A lot of people in the race. Uh, it's a, uh, a district that would seem to favor him. I guess I'm wrong, but it would seem to favor him. He clearly has the highest name recognition. They said he raised a half a million bucks and they're saying he only spent 60,000 of the half a million bucks. So he still has money to go with a, a month, month left, but he announced today he's done. So, uh, what say you Hank Shankoff? Well, he was uh, probably up all night with a sick pole, you know, and the pole said to him time to go because he couldn't move the numbers. You know, I guess, and also, I don't. I never take joy and never have of watching public people fall down a flight of stairs. And there are some people who do, but I never did because I've walked enough of them out of, uh, of crises before. So de Blasio was a player, should have been a player, but the population he counted on probably won't be there come August to vote for him. I mean, people don't, aren't used to voting in August, and voting is a, you know, kind of a habitual, repetitive behavior. Have the Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn, they're going to be in the mountains. They're not going to be there. He was wise enough not to spend a lot of money, um, but at least at least four four pretty strong candidates. It's just that de Blasio kind of it was too too soon after uh, a disastrous, uh, from a public polling perspective, second term as mayor. Well, the thing is this: when it's such a low turnout. And you have some money in the bank. And again, I don't know what the other candidates have financially, but doesn't that allow you, number one, you have the name recognition, so that gives you some some advantage. Number two, you have the money to pull the vote and, and at least do some advertising. I'm sure you could stretch a half a million dollars to get some things done. Uh, what would have been, from, from a Hank Schenkoff point of view, what would have been the downside of him running and losing a close second or, or taking the risk of, of winning? Because the problem is that he probably wants to stay in the game. And if he gets creamed here with the numbers that showed in that last poll, um, he's not going to be in the game. And maybe the people who have been with him in the past who took a powder, like the progressives in 1199, the Working Families Party, all of them weren't with him. Um, And he took that as a sign that said, you know, he just couldn't do it, which is interesting. Here's a guy you should never count out generally because he's won races he shouldn't have won, going back to the beginning of his career. He's a terrific political consultant and a strategist. He's a good door-to-door campaigner. He's good at raising money. Um, but the numbers just weren't there for him, and he probably looked at this for a while. It's uh, unfortunate for him, but he'll be back in some other fashion. If he didn't leave and he got really beaten, you know, Richard Nixon is one of the few people who came back from getting creamed, and they, you know, he, got, he lost the presidential race, then ran for governor. Uh, California lost that and came back, was it, six years later? and became the president of the United States, that's an unusual event. Once you get knocked around, it's hard to come back. And de Blasio was smart enough to say, look, if I'm going to get knocked around here, I can't take that risk because I want to come back. And that's that. Well, it's interesting, though. His uh, his statement, I believe, said it's finally time for him to, quote-unquote, leave electoral politics and focus on other ways to serve. Well, you know, you can always start a a nonprofit or a uh, an NGO, non-government organization, 
and create a power base, which others have had, and then turn that into an electoral possibility or turn that into electoral possibilities for people like him, uh, which is not an unlikely place to go. And he could do that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, being an elected official, which is all he's done except to be a political strategist, essentially, is kind of um, it's kind of like junk. You know, it's like a drug. Once you get that, once you hear the sound of the applause, you don't want to walk away. And once, you know, if you have 40,000 people running down the street screaming your name, it's hard to forget that. You know, it's just difficult. Well, I'll tell you this, Hank, and I'm, I'm not trying to say, oh, I told you so kind of thing at all. But uh, before he left office, and I guess it was October-ish, um, I got a call on a Friday from uh, the from City Hall saying, uh, Mr. Idala, the, the mayor would like to see you um, next Monday night or this past Monday night. And I said to her straight up, I go, listen, if this is some sort of a fundraising thing, and she, oh, she said he wants to see you at Gracie Mansion. I said, if this is some sort of fundraising thing, he's going to run for governor, he's running for something else. I was like, you know, I, I'm not signing up for that. She's like, oh, well, I don't know what it's for. She's like, but we're not allowed to have fundraising uh, activities in, in Gracie Mansion. So I don't think it's got anything to do with that. I was like, okay. And she's like, can you be here at 7 o'clock on Monday? I was like, okay. And then uh, I kind of forgot about it a little bit over the weekend. And then I got a call on Monday morning. And uh, to confirm, and I said, let me ask him, how many people are going to be at this thing? She's like, I think according to the schedule, it's just you. I was like, okay. So I walked into Gracie Mansion, and I was greeted, and I was taken into a room, and there was a a beautiful table set up with food and drinks, and and it was set for two people. And um, we we walked in, and I was kind of waiting for some sort of an ask. And eventually he just said, listen, you know, you've you've been a good friend for many years, and – you never really asked for much when I was the governor, when I was the mayor, and I, I thought we would just, you know, have a little Campari and a little bite to eat, and we spent some time together. And I knew it was at the time he was mulling, maybe running for governor, and I said exactly what he said today. I said, you know, there are plenty of ways that you could serve the city of New York and the people of the city of New York, which I know you want to do, um, besides being a politician, besides running for office, and. Um, he said, well, yeah, I know, but I think there's a lot I could do. Uh, you know, I have a lot more left in me, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, Hank, I knew what his poll numbers were at the time and what his, uh, you know, people were making fun of me for, sp- for spending time with him. Um, but it looks like, you know, maybe now he's seen the handwriting on the wall and he is uh, he knows how to help people if he wants to help people. And hopefully he'll find a way to to help people and maybe make a few money, a few dollars for himself, because I don't think he's ever made any real money in his life. You know, he's got a couple of pieces of property worth a lot of money, which we know about in Park Slope. Um, he's got a significant pension. You know, he's the public advocate. He was the mayor. He was a city council member. Um, you know, he did pretty well. He worked for the state. It all goes on to his time, his, his uh, you know, figuring out how much he gets at the end. But yeah, but he's yeah, not making Hank Shankoff money. I mean, he's not you know he's not rolling in the dough the way you swim through your office with those Benjamin Franklins floating all over the place. Well, I, I, Benny's a bad guy. It's the other ones you really want. You know, the other ones, whatever they are, the next the next group, they're bigger uh, than Ben. Listen, <laughs> it's called uh, wear nice suits, have a nice lunches, and smile at everybody. That's what I believe. You know, and wear and wear anyway, a nice bor- I, and wear a bor- wear a nice Borsellino, Hank. You forgot about. I that. always wear a hat. You know why? You get cancer a few times on your face. You wind up wearing hats, but you wear a nice one when you go out. Point of the story is, even politicians who are addicted to it have to find other things to do at some point when no one wants them. This is a big problem for Bill De Blasio because he figured in his own neighborhood they would say hello, come on, Bill, and go take care of us in Congress. 
And it would have been a perfect job for him because all he had to do was talk, raise money, talk, raise money, and be impassioned. He could do that. He could do that. No one's going to shoot at him all day long. No one's going to say, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. That's not going to happen. He lost the opportunity, and the next person will get it. I think if there's really four people in that race now, um, this elevates uh, John Simon, the assemblywoman, into into position. Um, and she got three women in there, worth, and Goldman, the former prosecutor. Um, you know, anything can happen. Anything can happen here. Real quick, we got one minute left. What's going on with Carol Maloney and uh, Jerry Nadler? you got to give a slight edge to Nadler simply because of the uh, turnout. You know, West Side people, they think voting is part of their religion, so they turn out. You know, it's a religious day. They genuflect whatever it is they do, and they run out to vote. So that being said, that gives um, Nadler the edge, but she's got the dough. Uh, she's got more of the district, and, um, you know, she's got a lot of energy. So and she, didn't she just lower, didn't she just lend herself like nine hundred thousand dollars and he made some comment that she's yeah, rich and, and he's people not. are going to complain about that. Yeah, I wish I could loan myself nine hundred grand like that. That would be a very nice thing. What are you doing? Would you loan yourself? Would you stand next to yourself and say to yourself, "Okay, loan me nine hundred G's," then come back and say, "Absolutely no problem." How do you want it? What the nominations? I'll take it in the Benjamin. I'll take it in this. You know, <laughs> no, not everybody can do that. She can, and the bless her. It's a tough race. It's a tight race. Um, but you give Nazo the edge today simply on turnout. All right. Hank Shinkoff, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Enjoy the heat wave and uh, keep sporting the Borsalina. I wore a straw hat today. I don't know if you're still going with the felt or you busted I, out the straws. I, no, no. I wore a, I wore a straw Borsalino, size 59. If anybody wants to send me some, it's nice. It's looking good. I've got a beautiful black band. Have a God great bless you. Off, thanks for having All me right. On. Thanks All so much, Hank. It's great having you thank on. You. All right. We're going to be back with energy from Lauren Conlin talking about J-Lo's wedding. Don't go away. You know it's not going to be shattered. You know what's not going to be shattered. Your home, if you coat it with the ceramic coating of Rhino Shield, because it's 10 times thicker than paint. So it's not going to get shattered. And if it does, if it peels, if it chips, if it cracks, if there's mold or there's mildew, you have a 25 year warranty that if you sell the house, you could transfer it to someone else. You could transfer it to the new homeowners. Just call Rhino Shield. They've been in company. They've been in business for over thirty years. Think about it. When was the last time someone came to paint your house and they gave you any kind of warranty, let alone twenty-five years? Rhino Shield is going to increase the resale value of your home. If you're thinking about selling your home, I'm not. I love my home. I don't want to sell my home. But if you are, you could say, "Hey, by the way." The house was painted five years ago. You got 20 more years until you need a paint job. If you have a big enough house, that's a lot of money. So Susan, our friend, my friend, right now she's offering no payments and no interest financing for one year. That along with the strongest discount yet, 20% off for anyone who requests a free quote by August the 31st. She'll come to your house. She'll take some pictures. She'll show you some colors, give you the free quote of what it would cost with the 20% discount. And if I'm you, Right there and then I write out a check. Or take advantage of the no payment, no interest financing for one year. 877-744-6608. 877-744-6608. Or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com and tell Susan Arthur sent me. 
Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24/7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hard-working legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the Power Legal Firm. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, that was really like a, a fun little thing that I never heard before. That I guess um, AM970 is running a little ABK uh, advertisement, which I kind of thought this whole hour was an advertisement <laughs> in, a, in a weird way. Maybe somebody thinks that I'm uh, a good lawyer and they'll, they'll, they'll pick up the phone and call us. But it was Judge Kamen's talking, telling you guys what we do and what he does. Um, but I will tell you what I'm doing right now is – uh, let's face it, where everyone's a little caught up with J-Lo for years now. She has withstood the test of time. Um, I, I never met her when my father represented her. He wouldn't let me meet her. My mom did. My sister did. Um, but I did go to the premiere of her um, new movie or her, the documentary about her. And um, did you see that there, Lauren Conlon? The Netflix one, I didn't see it. Okay. Well, I'm not a huge J-Lo fan, to be honest. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. Nothing personal against her. Um, I liked her better when she's doing romantic comedies and not performing what about her on music? stage. No, that's what I, I don't really care for that. You don't care but I do. I did love her in all of her Made in Manhattan movies and, you know, The Wedding Planner, all that stuff. I am what, a sucker for that. So what did you think of her halftime show with Shakira? I mean, she's sexy. You can't deny that. But it's just not not my thing. It's not your thing. Not my thing, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Arthur Idala Power Hour. We have Lauren <laughs> Conlon, and um, she probably just broke J-Lo's heart. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sure I broke her. Well, J-Lo, you know, I, when she got married this weekend in Vegas to Ben Affleck, I went through this timeline, right? Wait, just, hold on. What is this Benefer thing? This is what the, do you mean, what is this Benefer like thing? That's what do we're you, going with? That's what yeah, I mean, do you live under a rock, or did you? What, you well, what was she called when she was with A-Rod? Nothing. Okay. I, yeah, they were nothing. But no, Benefer actually was established in 2003 when they were engaged, and clearly it stuck. But no, they got married in Vegas this past weekend, and you know I'm doing the timeline in my head, and I'm like, okay, she broke up with A Rod in February. 
She had March. This February. Yes, this past February. She had March, I guess, to herself, quote unquote. April, she gets back with Ben Affleck. And now, what is it? July, they're married. She's not not good at being alone. Let me, I I just want to ask Matt Sambolin. Sambolino, you with me? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, sir. What's your your call on J-Lo? I mean, you're a DJ, the music part of it. Uh, I mean, her stuff is really... uh, pop music she really hasn't had a lot of hits in a while uh you know i mean her her music career is probably a lot uh less lacking than her movie career she's a lot cranks more out lacking. yeah she she cranks out movies at a, a pretty fast clip now but as far as her music uh she was really you know bigger in the early 2000s than she is now and like what was her big song her big jenny hit? from the block probably uh yes, yes wait yes, i also yes. did like the one song waiting for tonight whoa yeah, that was pretty you good would too. be here should i keep going no so, no, okay. no no we're gonna pause on okay that. okay all right so so let so you did the timeline but yes yeah, so i did hold the on timeline. if you do the j-lo timeline going yeah. way back yeah okay so way back this is her fourth marriage okay. so she was originally married to in Some, the early a 90s regular dude, right? yes he was a cuban waiter and then she married um a dancer named chris judd right. who they were married for a while um they and have then kids no, no they did not have kids and then she married mark anthony who they she has kids. yes two twins with and now she married no, ben she doesn't have two twins i mean sorry twins twins two kids yes thank you wow good thing you're here well, two to twins. correct everything i say well, two twins you know what four. i mean everybody you guys know what i mean sorry um so yeah she's she's had her fair share of men i'd say she has three other relationships that are pretty prominent um p diddy was one of them this guy casper he was a a dancer like 17 years younger than her um and then a rod so you know i i don't really understand why she has to keep getting married but it's you know it, it doesn't affect my life so i'm happy for them and they got married in a very uh i don't know i don't know i'm not gonna say typical but pedestrian way, like apparently they waited online in Vegas, like with everyone else. With four and, other couples right. to get their licenses. I thought that was so adorable. They decided apparently kind of last minute. They were only with their kids. They waited in line with, yeah, a few other couples. Apparently J-Lo wore a dress from one of her old movies. You know, it was just very low key and, and very lovely. And The then- reason why it's, that's a little hard to believe is is I know people who have done security for her and... Mm-hmm. and that's not how she rolls. She rolls with yeah. people around her. And I don't blame her having security all around her. Maybe she's over it. Maybe she's like, I've been there, done that. And you know what? And maybe she just really feels comfortable with Ben and, and their families, which is why I think that she made the decision to get married so quickly. Because How I, old is she now? She's 50, 51. Oh so old, Lauren. Did Taylor? I act like that? No, oh I didn't. God, I didn't no. act like that. I, okay. She's beautiful. She looks younger than I do, and I'm in my 30s. So she, I mean, she's J-Lo, right? Like, she is, a, she seems like a really sweet person, and I actually worked with her sister when I was an intern at CBS, and her sister was super sweet, Linda Lopez. She was an anchor, and she was the entertainment reporter, actually. So this and this is like your brush with fame? I work with J-Lo's sister. No, no. Um, if you think that's my brush with fame, then yeah. you actually don't know me at all. All right, all right. Literally, like, okay. Tell me your biggest brush with that. My big, oh, I don't know. I mean, okay. it's What's definitely biggest, not that. All right, well, tell me, what is it? My brush with fame, yeah, your biggest brush with fame. Yeah. Oh, gosh, Arthur, what I don't know. I really liked being on Fox News with um Neil Cavuto, I thought that was 
that I loved doing that, and I felt really cool doing it. So you're going. <laughs> I did. I, I felt very cool. I think J Lo's sister may be right up there with no, Neil because Cavuto. I was the intern, so I was fetching her coffee and stuff most of the time, you're, which was fine. You were fetching J Lo's sister, correct? Coffee. Yes, okay. but again, I pay my dues. I told you guys the story when I got gravel in my knees from holding up microphone or you know the i was acted like a podium for al sharpton so yeah oh, i think okay. i i literally have paid my dues everywhere you All know right. i have so i know i know you didn't ask me but <laughs> the the brush of the fame that comes to mind and i had many over my years but you're Fox. famous that's no, why I'm, you don't have brushes I, I, you I'm are famous no, no 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 but anyway the biggest one the one that i was so pleasantly surprised like you know there are people you watch on tv or in the movies and like you have a connection with them, but you don't know what they're really going to be like in real life. Yeah. Like I spoke yesterday about a gentleman who died, Jerry Shargell, and he's a huge, huge Bob Dylan fan. Mm. And apparently, according to Geraldo, when he actually met Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan was just like very, huh, you know, how you doing? Like there was no real interaction. I came out of the Fox News. I did Fox and Friends one morning. And, you know, it's like early, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. And I come out back into the green room. My, my segment is done. And sitting there is Alan Alda. Oh, who, I like him. I mean, I've loved from MASH and mm-hmm. so many other things. I saw him on Broadway in, in a play. And so, I, you know, you're, there was like an unwritten rule, like leave the celebrities alone. Yeah. But I, you know, I had to say hello to him. Lauren, what a great, sweet man. And that. he had a book. I forget the name of something about uh, things my father told me. It was about his, about his relationship with his dad. And we started, we bonded over the whole Italian thing. And he told me about the first pasta that was made <laughs> in like the 1700s in Naples. Um, they didn't boil it. What they did was, and he wrote the recipe in the cover of his book, which I have in, in my Brooklyn office in the book, book health, bookshelf. You took the raw pasta and you mix in the cold tomato sauce in with the pasta and a lot of olive oil, and you put it in a casserole, and you put it in the oven. Is this hard pasta? And it, hard pasta, okay, yeah. Okay. And it basically, the, the boiling uh, red sauce and the boiling olive oil cooks the pasta in the casserole, and then you put the cheese on it, and I made the recipe, and it was really wonderful, and he couldn't, really? he, li- he lived up to all of my expectations. Wait, that's, that's so my, nice. Very I, nice. So I think I misunderstood your question then, your brush. I thought you meant sort of like, like you being me. Famous? No, yes. no, no. Who is someone who you've met who you oh, like? That is a yeah, cool person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, when I met Robert De Niro and Harvey Keitel, this was the opposite. It actually really, they were not nice. It was like years ago. It was like probably 2010. I saw them at a restaurant in Montauk and and I waited until they were literally done eating, about to leave, like getting up. And I went over to them because I'm not shy. And I was like, I love you guys. Can I just get a quick selfie? And De Niro looks at me and he's like, absolutely not. And I swear to you, I walked down the street. Like, I got back to the city. I was like, everybody knows. Everyone knows about my shameful moment. <laughs> I couldn't even, like, I just, I put my head down. I was like, this is literally the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me. And honestly, I have not looked at him the same since, unfortunately. Yeah. So this takes me to another topic um, about Funny Girl on Broadway, right? Beanie Feldstein, who plays Fanny Bryce, is leaving the show. This was announced last week. She, um... Her role, her successor, is going to be Leah Michelle from Glee. Now, Leah Michelle, incredible performer. This apparently Fanny Bryce has been her dream role, but it came out in 2020 that Leah Michelle was a serious bully, a serious racist. She bullied her old castmates in Glee. She and this this all happened, by the way, because she wrote a tweet about George Floyd. She said, you know, 
this George Floyd incident is, is, is you know, it's, it happens all the time. We need to do better. And then all of a sudden, out of the woodworks, all of her her old Glee castmates, who she who were actually happened to be black, kept saying, oh, my gosh, you were the most racist person in the world. Are you kidding me? You made my life hell. So... Basically, the Broadway community is up in arms about this. But on the other hand, the producers, they're selling tickets like crazy. Okay. So how do you separate? Like, you know, she's a bad person, but she's great on stage. Do you separate that? All right. Well, we can, we're going to take a quick break. We'll talk about Funny Girl. We'll talk about do, do, does it actor, actresses, or performers? Because I'm up against yeah. this with Roger Waters right now, who apparently, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me, is very anti-Semitic. And I'm supposed to go see Not him. Not cool. Not cool. We're going to be right back with Lauren Conlon. Don't go anywhere. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Tonight's Travel Tuesday broadcast is going to be a special one. It will be the final broadcast that Valerie Delia does with us as the co-host of Travel Night. A new one will be named soon, but we're going to enjoy a travel evening to remember tonight at 7. When Dr. Lederman came to New York from Harvard, 97% of women in New York were losing their breasts as breast cancer treatment, but 90% of Dr. Lederman's patients with breast cancer were keeping their breasts. Dr. Lederman, an outspoken advocate of breast-saving therapy, educated women about choices. To arm every woman about breast cancer, choices, breast-saving whenever possible and desired. When every hospital thought standard radiation was okay, Dr. Lederman had a better idea. Innovative Dr. Lederman first brought brain radio surgery to New York and body radio surgery to America. Meet Dr. Lederman, breast conserving therapy over decades. 1384 Broadway at 38th. Call 212 Choices. 212 Choices about breast cancer treatment. Most insurances, Medicare, Medicaid accepted. For a fresh second opinion, call Dr. Lederman. Breast cancer treatment, call 212 Choices. 212 Choices. Call Dr. Lederman today. 212 Choices. New Jersey is currently participating in a governor's challenge, asking state, military, and civilian teams to embark on a process of collaborating, planning, and implementing suicide prevention best practices for service members, veterans, and their families statewide. Effective suicide prevention takes a combination of efforts to achieve far-reaching statewide changes and improvements. Stay tuned for future announcements on three priority areas that the New Jersey team is working on and learn more about what you can do to help prevent suicide among service members, veterans, and their families. If you or someone you know is in emotional distress and or thinking about suicide, please call the Confidential National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. This message is sponsored by the New Jersey Department of Human Services, Division of Mental Health and Addiction Services, the New Jersey Department of Military and Veterans Affairs, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The answer. 
make a big nice plane in the street gonna be a Let's big do it. Let's go. This reminds me of Polly Prep. We will, we will oh, rock you. This reminds me of preschool. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, I'm with you. I got it is Brian May, the guitarist of Queen. This is Queen. Now, did you see Bohemian Rhapsody, the yes, movie? Yes, I did, I did. Great movie. I mean, Rami Malek was very good. He was, like, won the Oscar. He was, yeah, he did. He Great was very, too. very good. Mm-hmm. Great, very. too. Are you, uh, Sam Bellino, where does Queen fit in your, you know, your... Your list of great bands. I, you I, know, them or? I'm into Queen, and I, you know, I think thanks to apps like TikTok, a lot of the younger demo is getting exposed to the older classics that you know people like our age listen to. Because if you look at some of the top selling songs on iTunes, a lot of it's stuff from the '70s. You have shows like. Stranger Things on Netflix, which are bringing back classics. Exactly. You know, and and Queen is just a classic, like the Beatles, Rolling Stones. No, I'm with you. The Who, you know, that's that's that that, that whole, uh, you know, Zeppelin, of course. The, um, yes, the interesting interesting part is, like, people our age. uh, Excuse (laughs) me, guys, I'm just a little little older than (laughs) y'all. But today, you know, Sam Bellino, every show, he sends me like all the birthdays and all this. It's Howard Schultz's birthday. He's the founder and chairman and CEO of Starbucks. He's 69 years old. He was born in Brooklyn, New York. I don't speak Starbucks. I don't know about you. No, Starbucks is Trash Bandicoot. I do not like Starbucks. I don't it know makes what Trash Bandicoot is, but oh. I don't. I, there's times that I am forced to go in there. I'm like, yo, Ugh. can I just get a cup of coffee? And they like they know where I'm coming from, and they just give me a smile. But you know, it's, it, it's a lot of a lot of national. Day. Yesterday was Glenn's birthday. Happy birthday, Glenn, fifty-five. Um, today, this this is one of fits in your category, Lauren Conlon. Mm. Stick out your tongue day today. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, well, you're always sending emojis and stuff. I like do that. like that. I do. My parents get annoyed with me. They're like, "You're old. You shouldn't be doing that." But I can't help myself. That's so. okay. Um, in 1975, so that's like. 30 years before you were born. Bob Marley and the Bob Marley and the Whalers on his Natty Dread tour appeared at the Lyceum Theater in London. The show was recorded and the live single No Woman No Cry was later released. You got that? Can you can you play a little bit of that when I talk to Lauren over here? Please. Yes, I can. Just because I know I love that. I love Marley. I love Marley. Um Oh, here it is. He's got it all teed up. We're taking a little easy on here Tuesday. You know, it's it's. Uh, it's been. I was in court all day. Worked my tail off. I argued my tail off. Everything kind of went in my direction. Thank God. Worked on another case this afternoon. Had to deal with poor Judge Charlie Solomon's tragedy yesterday. Gerald Shargell's uh, funeral. It's. Uh, we could listen to a little Marley as. Uh, Conlon figures out what she wants to talk about next. What do you want to talk no, about? No, I, I was going to continue with um, the Leah Michelle okay, situation only because I myself was thinking about this. You know, Michael Jackson, right? People thought he was a pedophile, but I still listen to his music. I don't know if I was too young to really comprehend what was going on at the time, but it didn't really affect me. Now, Leah Michelle, after reading how she treated her castmates, apparently she tr- she said she wanted to. Uh, defecate in somebody's wig she wouldn't let people sit at a table with her for lunch i mean all these different things she even the late naya rivera wrote in her book that leah michelle did not like sharing the spotlight so she just truly doesn't seem like a really good person 
I personally don't like the show Funny Girl enough to go see Leah in it, just knowing that she's not a great person. But I will say, let's say Leah Michelle was playing Cinderella in Into the Woods. That's my favorite show. I might go see it. That's your favorite so, show. It is what are your top show. three Broadway shows? Go. Uh, act two or Sondheim. I love Company and I love um, what I just said, uh, Into, Into the, the woods, woods. And I love Miss Saigon. Oh, yeah. and Miss Saigon is like Andrew, Lo- Andrew Lloyd Webber, right? Oh my gosh, sorry for making that noise, but yeah, I really like Miss Saigon. I'm, I'm a big Miss Saigon fan. I yes. really am. Uh, did you see it when it uh, the revival a few years ago? I don't think so, but oh I saw gosh. it with Leah Salonga. Oh, you did? Oh yeah, oh, that's how old I am. No, she's incredible. I mean, she's incredible. yeah, she's amazing. I wish I would have seen it with her, but no. Well, Roger Waters is apparently a, he's a very anti-Semitic guy, and he's. Uh, Whatever, and, yeah. and so I mentioned to my friends I'm going to go see him. Like, ah, oh, he's anti-Semitic, and and look, I got to be honest with you. If if someone was like all against Italians or Sicilians, I, I don't know if I'd go. See. I I know one of my good friends who was a huge Bruce fan. Yeah, he kind of wrote off Bruce because of Bruce's uh, political leanings. He's like, no, yes, no, I'm not into Bruce anymore. This is super interesting to me because I find myself doing it to some people and not other people. But it, it's like you're totally right. I mean, people. We talked about, you know, the Buzz Lightyear thing. Tim Allen, he's clearly a Republican, and I'm pretty sure they made his part smaller because he's a Republican and then cut him out of the prequel. Like, So it's like I, I think about this all the time, and I don't know if there's a clear answer to it. I think it's just, no, you know, everybody well, has their own opinion. But, yeah, but yeah. Things are getting a little nuts. Alan Dershowitz told me that uh, he, he found out from someone who was on the beach, I think this past weekend, mm-hmm. was reading one of Alan's books put it down to go play volleyball with some other people's strangers. Yeah. They had a great time. And when they were finishing, uh, one of the other players said, oh, what book are you reading? And he said, I'm reading Alan Dershowitz's book on, I don't think it even had anything to do with politics. Right, right. And he said, why are you reading that? He goes, well, I respect the guy. And the guy pushed him down to the <laughs> ground and kicked sand on his face. He's like, that guy's a loser, blah, 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 and walked away. What? Yeah, we got to just chill. Yeah, everybody. Gotta needs, be, I mean, I. Everything's going to be all right, as I Molly think, says. I think at this point, I mean, you know, after everything that's going on with the men getting pregnant, and yeah. I mean, I think both sides are so hurt and just so. Or I mean, wait, what is this thing about the men getting pregnant? I know, no, I know, I, I have mean, an emoji on my phone of a pregnant yeah, man, which no, is that's interesting. I'm just saying, uh, la- last week when the law professor, um, do you remember this whole video that went viral? What was the what was the judge's name? Uh, or this the the Congress, I forget his name, Uh, whatever. But basically he's asking this law professor question saying, you know, you mean women, women can be pregnant. And she just said, you know, many cis women have the ability to get pregnant, da, da, da. And all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute. Or she says something like, if you don't identify or you don't admit that men can get pregnant, you are transphobic. And I, that blew my mind where I'm just like, wait, no, that's not even fair. You can't say that. I mean, that's, I just think that, they're so hurt because they think they're not being heard. It's like you want to be trans inclusive. That's one thing, but don't sit here and tell me that men, I have to tell my right. children that men can get pregnant. You are erasing women at this point. I feel very strong about that, and I am not transphobic, and I don't give a crap what you do in well, your social in life. Well, one of the prisons in the United States of America, they housed a transgender yeah. woman with women. Yeah. So it's a human being that identifies and I guess looks to some degree as a woman but has a penis. Right. And he got three of the women pregnant. Right. I saw that. And the problem is that you can't put them or sorry her in a men's prison just because right. she has a penis because th- they, they will get they, you know right. yes. So I mean they put them in a, some sort of juvenile facility. I mean they should have their own 
I don't know. Whatever. I'm, I don't work in a prison. But anyway, I'm just... <laughs> the, Reason, no. Only here on AM 970 do you know that Lauren Conlon does not work in a prison. I don't work prison. in a prison. But either way, I was just floored by by all of this. This, And I don't want to call it nonsense because I don't want to hurt the other side. Because I really... I do feel like they, you know... They should be included. They are people. And and I don't care what people do as long as it doesn't harm me or harm my kids or my family. So, but just don't sit there and tell me that I am, you know, XYZ phobic because, no, men can't get pregnant. Honey, I was pregnant twice. I gave birth twice. You men cannot do that. And let me tell you something else. Roe v. Wade would not be overturned if men could actually get pregnant. You'd get abortions at the bank. Okay. Oh, here we, at the bank. At wait, the bank. Which kind of bank? The ATM. The ATM. Yeah, bank. you'd punch in your number and the baby would be, see ya. Oh. Just saying. Alrighty. Well, here we go. We're going to end off Tuesday night on a high note. Um, I'm going to avoid that whole topic. Uh, oh, wait. Can uh, I plug my podcast for oh, this week? I guess I have no choice. Okay, go ahead. great. So um, my millennial podcast actually had Corey Feldman on today, which was wonderful. He... Um, Remind I, people where he's... Corey Feldman was from Stand By Me, The Goonies. I got him to say Goonies Never Die at the end. That was a highlight. My only thing about Corey is he's very long-winded. He um, doesn't necessarily let you ask questions a lot. Like, he, I really wanted to know about Michael Jackson and Corey Haim and all this stuff. And he just really was into just kind of talking, you know? So I'm like, that's cool. Um, and then tomorrow, my Lauren Interviews podcast comes out. And I have Jenny Slate. She's a comedian. And I had this actor, Eric Layden, who's part of the movie Where the Crawdads Sing, which is out right now based on the book. All right. There you go. On a Tuesday evening here on the Author Idola Power Hour. That was Lauren. That is Lauren Conlon. Yes, and you can also follow me. Sorry, Arthur. At Lauren underscore interviews and at Conlon Lauren. I am shameless, but I'm here and I have the microphone. So Uh, Yes. Well, thank you for finding the time to come here. I... I, (laughs) I don't know about the listeners, but I find you entertaining. And, thank you. And, thank you so and much. I, I think I learned something. I'll dissect it along the way, but I'm pretty sure I learned something. Uh, I learned that men can't have babies, so that's a good thing. Um, I didn't know that before today. Sam Bellino, thank you for a great show. I appreciate it. And um, uh, we'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday. Have a great evening, everyone. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>